back to the Hot Water in the Morning podcast. Today is kind of Jason's favorite, or favorite is kind of <laughs> most trauma time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite in terms of like highest damage dealt. Psyche. <laughs> kind of topic. Yeah. Um, we're talking about work today, and this mm. was easily one of the first things that we knew we had to talk about because I think we both kind of went through our own circuses like mm-hmm. to get to where we are now and then now we are currently in a different kind of circus <laughs> but I'm excited I'm excited to talk more about that what do you think Jason? holy cow I, legit this morning I, like I went to bed last night thinking like oh what am I gonna talk to Joyce about tomorrow and then I woke up this morning like wired and I felt like I just I like wrote like a multi-page essay oh god of notes that's how you um, know it's bad <laughs> so the the trauma like reawakened in my dreams should we and... just send this episode like to Chris <laughs> the therapist that we both have but she doesn't know that we know yeah oh that's spicy ever ever listen to this hi hi from the past don't do it yeah you're the best but like sorry we had to find this sorry you had to find out this way (laughs) sorry we made everything so complicated i know (laughs) um should we just dive into it yeah where do you okay you you choose where where are we gonna where are we okay. starting with this well um i have a an initial a teaser story at a an amuse bouche uh, oh, of racism oh um, no <laughs> oh, no! Um, so maybe we just start there and then um i won't get into the meat of it just yet but i think because yeah, work like, i know work embodied and like work is a lot of different things um we already discussed that like there will probably be follow-ups on follow-ups and like being employed is one of the things I talk about the most with Kristen our amazing therapist <laughs> okay so this but, is yeah. my initial starter story okay great. is um one day this past summer I was uh visiting my parents and um I was um walking down the river um, by the river with my mom and it's a very popular spot in Chilliwack all the cool kids hang out there um, uh, kids and adults alike and so uh, there's this lady who like um, she's like an older woman she comes and she's she like recognizes my mom's like oh hey like nice to see you how are you doing or, I heard you're retired now and then my mom's like yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and they like chat like you know pleasantly for a few minutes and then um you know, we part ways. I was, hey, it was nice to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And then my mom, like, as soon as we get out of earshot, she like immediately turns to me and she's like, Jason, there's only two people in the world that your dad hates. And that lady is one of them. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, I've never heard this before. And she's like, yeah. So apparently this lady, um, when my dad first started working, um, uh, she had a temporary contract and she this lady also had a temporary contract and they both applied to the same permanent position and she got hired over my dad and um you know this white lady like she just graduated high school she had never went to university and my parents like work in a technical job like they work in like a science lab um wow yeah and so this lady got hired where's my dad like 
like I know my dad's a genius because how he came to Canada was through an academic scholarship leaving like communist China so like the top like one percent of people like would do this so um that's how my dad got a master's degree at UBC which is like you know like and like and like that was a long time ago right like 30 30 years ago right totally so this was like pre this was communist era china yet anyway so i know my dad's very smart he worked very hard and after getting his master's degree in canada Mm. still some like high school lady high school white girl so oh my, my dad God. was so pissed and he like harbored so much resentment his entire life to this lady who just <laughs> la, da, da, the da. fact that they both still live in Chilliwack too oh I think gosh. that's incredible in its own way that's and, so crazy and and what my mom said is like yeah. you know it like this lady was legit bad at her job like she like didn't understand like well because like, she was a math. child like <laughs> getting into this lab job but some people yeah they'll just hire like white over everything wow um i think that is kind of the teaser for um oh no like i think the like intergenerational trauma that is uh, a white mediocrity yeah and like that that resentment feeling because i think we're gonna hit like those interpersonal relationships at work but then I think, like, the thing I think about the most when we were talking about, like, oh, what are we going to talk about for work is kind of, like, how my parents' work ethic and, like, what my parents' concept of success rubbed off on me yeah. and how limiting it is. Um, mm. Because I kind of feel like I, like, there's only one path to success. Well, yeah, like, could you expand on that? Like, what do you feel like is that? How would you... How would you define that ethic? Yeah, it's, well, you know, it's a familiar story, I th- I think. And I think, like, it's also a very privileged story, too, where mm. both of my parents had just, like, white-collar jobs for almost my whole life. Like, my dad mm. has had the same job since 1994, Whoa. and he's retiring next year. Congrats, Whoa. Dad. You Shut the best. Out, Dad. Yeah, you did it. You slayed. <laughs> you slayed capitalism. Good job. Um, but he's had the same job my whole life. So I never got to see my parents like changing jobs, leaving mm. jobs, quitting jobs, getting fired was like, off the like, off the table. Yeah. It's, like my idea of like, what kind of person gets fired? Mm. It's like very specific. And when I got fired, that messed me up a lot too. Um, but yeah, it's just a very like stable and like one career, one job, like kind of life. But mm. you know, times do be changing, and I don't think that's like realistic, especially after COVID. Everyone knows like company loyalty like doesn't mm. exist anymore. Totally. Um, but yeah, what <laughs> is your like? Well, where did you start, Jason? Like, what's your work? What's your work background? It's like a job interview. <laughs> yes. Where did this all start for you? Well, um, I, I, I think really quickly, just jumping oh, off yeah. that, I think 
like my mom's story about my dad and my mom that was just like the tip of the iceberg i think my mom after that interaction she shared a bunch of her stories about like how yeah like job interviews kind of screwed her over and like this this idea of like you stay in one job and you don't move around and like Mm -hmm. i don't know there's this idea of like loyalty is rewarded or like but i think also interpreted in a way that like um I don't know my parents weren't very confident in moving around but honestly like that's how you like move up is you just keep jumping and you keep jumping um so I guess my background is uh I was an engineer I was one for a really long time um and well not really really long I'm not that old but uh you know five years of school I worked there for five um as an engineer for five years um and I think did you ever work before that I did. I worked in high school. Um, yeah. Uh, job. I, I my first job was a um, I answered phones at a Chinese food restaurant. Um, yeah, it was fine. I think I was embarrassed by it. Mm. Um, I had a panic attack once because a customer yelled at me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's one kind of awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Something's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I um, did I tell the story? I broke down crying, and I was like crying on the. I like what my boss took me to the storage room where they kept oh all the rice, God. and I was crying on the rice. Oh no! And then you just went home after that. I'm yeah, and I like didn't go back to the job. I like took like I like took like two week two months off. No, maybe I took like a month off. I was just like I don't want to work for a bit. I only worked like two days a week. Yeah, yeah. And then I went back for one shift, and then I went to my boss, and I'm like, I don't really want to work here anymore. I mean, good for you for going back. There, I know like there are lots of people who just don't go back. Mm. Okay, well, but then after that, you were like, "I'm, I'm gonna go engineering mode. Get me out of here. <laughs> I can't here. go cry with the rice anymore." Yeah. Um, I had another job where I worked at a like a. So in high school, I took drafting, like AutoCAD. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, oh. And so I had a drafting job. My high school teacher oh. got me a drafting job at a roofing company. That's so um, sick. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I was like the only draft. It was like literally this was run out of a garage by yeah. a bunch of roofers and like they're like what are computers and i'm like i don't know like, like but i can you. do it <laughs> when you were growing up did you have like a sense like a did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up oh my god i was like the furthest like if i could be a negative integer of that feeling <laughs> i would be because i still remember like like when you're applying for university during high school and you are, you know, trying to pick a program and like what school to mm. go to. I remember just pulling up every university's list of programs mm. and just scrolling until I found something where I was like, maybe this could work. Oh my god! So, like I felt, I feel like I was defeated, like from the beginning, honestly, oh, no. in terms of like direction and like certainty of career. It's just never an option. <laughs> or it's uh, like, I'm never like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely was not a person who like had a goal. Um, I do have this memory of like, um, my parents keep a lot of the kind of homework I did, like mm-hmm. in elementary school and stuff. So I have a few different like 
kind of all about me, like scrapbook things. And one of them <laughs> said that I was probably like, I was probably like seven or six or something. And I said, I just wanted to play with rabbits for the rest of my life. Oh. I, I probably saw that when I was like 20. Like yeah. I saw it again and I was like, she's right. She's <laughs> want to play with rabbits for the rest of my life. And like, I didn't want to be a vet because, well, I wanted to be a vet for a bit until I learned what euthanasia was. Mm. <laughs> so that was, that took that off the table. Um, I thought I could be a lawyer at one point because mm. I'm like, I like to, I'm like, I can fight legally. <laughs> like, this is the thought process of me trying to pick a career as a child. And yeah. I don't think it's really changed um, as I've grown into an adult. Um, on one hand, it's like, unfortunately, because I do feel a lot of stress about like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But then on the other hand, I think it's made me very like, opportunistic and like, okay, yeah, and things like that. Um, Because how did you like, I mean, you kind of have this like narrative of like, Mm. I will learn a technical skill and this technical skill will make me money. And when I make money, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I guess I'm the contrast to you. Yeah. Al- I always have a five-year plan for everything. Oh, um, oh my God. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't so, know. How you guys so I think it? my narrative was uh, growing up, I loved playing with Lego. Yeah. Making oh, castles my gosh. The and... Lego to engineer pipeline. Yo. No, <laughs> Lego to Sims to engineering pipeline. <laughs> Lego to roller coaster tycoon. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sim I City. Like, see, my issue, I like, I played so much roller coaster tycoon too, <laughs> but my issue was that I didn't like building the roller coasters. What did I even like to do? I like to decorate with the flowers. Oh. And I like to put as many mascots as humanely possible. Mm. <laughs> So this is the inhuman pan. amount of so it's just pandas walking it's around hanging out balloons yeah oh my god i also didn't build the roller coasters that intimidated me i was more in for the economic growth that's so true <laughs> ticket sales get ticket sales up. ticket sales like yeah our, our park entry is like 55 dollars. don't worry about it yeah 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 <laughs> $55 in like, you know, 2008 or whatever. That would have been absurd, but whatever. <laughs> so I think, you know, I always enjoyed that kind of like building management stuff. Um, and then, yeah, in high school, I took this drafting class, um, which was like, like designing houses and like, so I think um, that fit quite nicely into this like dream of being an architect which is kind of this like eye-rolly, embarrassing job now, yeah. I feel. You don't think so? My boyfriend's literally... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nico. <laughs> is it cringe to be an architect, maybe? Well, I think... Well, he can pull it off. I agree. Not everyone can pull that dream off because not everyone is amazing like <laughs> fair enough fair enough i guess i think there is sort of this like trope of every okay. romantic comedy lead um oh. i guess i think architecture is just a very like um big dreams it is big it big is. feels big dreams kind big of feels job. big dreams big student debt big yes. like big number of years you're stuck in school yes 
So um, yeah. I apologize. Sorry, Nico. But, <laughs> Don't um, apologize. Anyways. He, know, he knows it's true too. <laughs> um, architecture. I think that kind of brought me into like civil engineering yeah, because yeah. buildings anyways. And then, you know, the math thing. And then, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, oh yeah, everything's falling into place. This makes sense. Wow. Like, I think um, engineer is very like consistent with my identity of like oh what you know makes, what I mean? okay yeah what parts of your identity like resonate with the engineering career path well I think there's this element of like being a little bit behind the scenes um and like you like work together no one's ever like build something wow this world famous engineer mm, yeah you yeah. know it's always world famous architects <laughs> <laughs> flashy <laughs> egomaniacs as they are <laughs> um so legit i went on a date once um yeah. and this was at this uh it was an online date and i didn't um like put my career mm-hmm. thing because i was like that was something i was like I don't know, experimenting with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I went and then, you know, we were just, I was just chatting with this person. And then she's like, oh, like, um, let me guess, you're an engineer. And I'm like, uh, like, okay, <laughs> I guess. And it was kind of like she met the tone, it was, it was sort of almost in this like, that's so boring. Like, of course you're an yeah. engineer. She's like, oh, of. every Asian guy that likes rock climbing is totally. an engineer. Like, Total, total character trope, right? And it was like embarrassing for me. I was really? like, oh, Did shit. You like, cringe about yourself? I, about myself. No. Um, so, anyways. Wow. Um, yeah. That yeah. Was it's of... like, it's like when you have, I don't know. Yeah. Like your work really does reflect like personality and re- personality mm. reflects work, vice versa, like a lot. Because even just thinking about me like scrolling through and being like, let's find something that works and let's find something like the thing I was specifically looking for was something non-specific enough so that when I graduated with my degree I could decide then I was like I'm not gonna decide now when I'm Mm. 17 and like you know in high school still I'm like I'll just do a degree that's like broad enough and has a lot of options um so I studied communications that's every indecisive person's go-to degree it's a really honestly it worked out very well because my plan it like my plan worked you know Mm. like when you were like this is falling into place my like indecisiveness was being enabled by this degree so I was like (laughs) this is also falling into place but not in the way that you would think yeah Totally. Oh my gosh. So my plan was like, okay, I'll do this communication degree. I'll like take all the, you can kind of take anything. So I did mm. like minor in writing. I studied like anthropology. I did like an astronomy course. I did design. I learned how to mm. do like Photoshop, Illustrator, video editing. Um, and I was like, okay, when I graduate, that's when I'll decide what I want to do. I think we had a similar feeling of like, my plan is going, it's like, it's all going according to plan, but we had like completely different <laughs> plans, but the plans were working and that- The plans like, were working. That's still yeah. a good feeling. So Jason, where does it all fall apart? Okay. Oh, <laughs> because hey, Joyce, thank our, you for asking. Our plans were planning. Our plans were working. Where did um, we go so wrong? So these were all the notes that I took this morning. So please okay. bear with me if it takes too long. 
please interrupt when you need to interrupt. Okay. But um, okay, so being an engineer, uh, after you graduate, after you get your degree, you need like four years of work experience right. before you become like a licensed professional engineer, um, like your full designation. Um, and so uh, I hit that, I got my four years, but then I sort of like bumped into this wall where like um, the only way to progress was getting this like um, approval thing um, which is pretty standard, but uh, so as soon as I did, I applied for it, and then they rejected me because my experience wasn't engineering enough. It what was like mean? too like um my my role was almost like finance related, like it was all like business corporate logistics, it's like and it manage, wasn't like project management. Manage, yeah, totally. And it wasn't Jason. You've never built a fence before, and I'm like, frick. So um, frick. I needed. <laughs> a different role like legit the role that I was working in wasn't going to give me the experience that I needed so I needed to start applying to other positions and I apply and you applied within the same within company. the same organization yeah. I did reach out to a few other organizations but again I was so loyal to the place that I wanted I like had so much invested and I had so many relationships that, that I was like some cost fallacy will come and get you and I legit like really liked my role. Um, and uh, I think maybe this is like my, it was my parents dream job for me because I had a pension. I had benefits. Oh it was, my God. I like definitely this is a privilege story. I had yeah. a good. Um, but so I think I apply. I had, I remember um, I counted this morning. I had four different interviews um, all of them said, Jason, we know you, we know you do a great job, but we can't hire you because you don't have this qualification, this thing that I was blocked by because I, and I, they don't, and, and you're trying to get the new job to get the qualification. So it was this like chicken and How egg How do you thing. not just like, like ram your head into like some drywall? Like, <laughs> so I was feeling really stuck and like depressed oh. and I reached out to my supervisor, like my mentor kind of. And I was telling her, like, I think I need to leave. Like my PN was rejected. Like I, I tried finding positions in the organization, but I'm like, there's too much bureaucracy. And so she's like, Jason, she challenged me. She's like, Jason, no, like your time here is not done yet. Like um, you should stay in the organization. Um, don't You have a huge network, Jason. Like people really like you. Like, don't be afraid to like talk to people and like open some doors for yourself. Um, she, so she said this, but she's like, be cautious because um, you have to be a little strategic. You can't tell everybody you're looking. You have to pick and choose like one or two people to kind of like give them a heads up. Because again, you don't want to like have everyone open things up for you and then like kind of double back them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I picked one person um, who, again, I, I knew, I worked with, uh, I interacted with quite a lot. I respected him. And um I, hey, like, I just reaching out for some career advice, yada, yada, yada. And like, we chatted for an hour. Like, I told him my whole like PN rejection thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in your position and I had this like older guy look out for me. And like, it was just like big, long conversation about oh the importance of this. Yeah. And then he's like, my team doesn't have anything available for you right now, but like, keep your eyes open. You never know. Yeah. And so, okay, I'm like, okay, cool, sounds good. That was a really positive interaction. Six months later, a position opens up in his team. It's not, so he's like even one level up, 
It's okay. one level below him. That is the person wow. that's hiring. And so um, I apply, I get an interview um, and I get selected for a second round interview. Oh and in between rounds one and two, they send me this personality test as a part of the like hiring process. Yeah, yeah. So again, I pulled I've gotten out, that before too. <laughs> I pulled out some notes from this uh, hiring test that I want to read out to you. You still have it? <laughs> Yo, I saved the PDF. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> oh, shit is right. Okay, so here, here are Jason's strengths. Um, number one is establishes alliances. 94% preference. Yay. Um, Jason has a large, diverse group of people that he can call friends. Can't help but cheerfully initiate greetings, personal introductions, and conversations. Another preference is builds consensus. Easily puts themselves in other person's shoes. Always tries to see things from others' points of view. Brings a patient, uncritical, accepting approach to dealing with the uniqueness of others. Strives for common ground and accommodate other people's viewpoints. Prioritizes harmony in the group. Oh. Can't help but put other people's first. Strong orientation towards helping others in need. Takes an active role in worthwhile causes that contributes to the well-being of others. Wow, well, this is why you're getting your master's of counseling. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, the, okay. This, my test told me these were my strengths. Great. And these were my gaps. These yeah. were where uh, I struggle. Yes. Number one leads decisively. Thirty-five percent preference. Uh, Jason frequently frequently lets others have their way and avoids aggressively imposing himself in situations. It is not natural to take a strong and dominant control over the events or people around you. Uh, definitely prefers to avoid exercising authoritative influence over anyone. Happy to have others make decisions for me. Um, finds it difficult to tell others what to do leans towards consensus and approval when difficult decisions are needed. And then another gap was, I'm very reserved. I let my accomplishments speak for themselves rather than try to stand out socially. People perceive me as quiet and socially shy. I go out of my way to avoid being noticed and drawing attention to myself. Oh, isn't that how you describe your dad? Like, am I wrong? <laughs> You're just describing your father. Well, also me. So. And you, exactly. It's like one in the same, but that's so, because that's how you describe, like, you, I think you literally use the words, let your work speak for itself when you describe your dad getting his freaking UBC master's. So it's crazy. So I read these gaps yeah. and I'm like, I think they're good things. Like, yeah, I don't interpret them as these are weaknesses that I need to work on. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't aggressively impose myself. Like, no, not I, everybody need, and not every most people don't want that too. And, and like, finds it like I lean towards consensus and approval when difficult decisions are needed. Like, isn't like, that what, what else do you people do? You know, so I'm like, I so I when I initially I got the test, I'm like. Oh, this makes me look great, <laughs> you know. Um, and anyone listening right now is probably just like, Jason, <laughs> it's a trap. Um, and like this idea of like going out of my way to yeah. avoid being noticed. It's like, mm. yeah, like 
you know, like I let my work speak for myself. I don't, yeah. I don't need to go, you, don't you know, to. exactly. And so thus, here we arrive at this like racial component of okay. work with just like the model minority stuff. And like, yeah, Jason, work really hard. Keep your head down. Yeah. Like, but keep working for us too, though. Like, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's the part they never really like to mention. They're like, <sighs> Keep working hard. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna like, pay you more. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay you more. But we still want you to stay here because we benefit from you working so hard. Yeah. Oh my god. So again, I like I, in my kind of new. I, and we're kind of building to this, but like in sort of my new life place, I often reflect back to my engineering Jason days, and I reflect mm. back on this test, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a model minority, like through and through, and I like didn't know it was a bad thing like mm-hmm. I like happily played into model minority stereotype because it's mm-hmm. like oh like that's how people like me that's what I'm supposed to do that's what like that's what I'm valued for that's what I'm valued for <gasps> absolutely wow so I get this personality quiz second round interview I think it goes fine you know um, I have some bad interview stories uh, I can share those another time this one it was great. I And, you know, I'm like a pretty confident speaker, I think. You know, I like yeah. I have some thoughts. I reflected on a lot. I prepared. Honestly, I prepared so much for this oh, interview. Man. They hire the other guy. Yeah. Um, But as soon as that happens, the person, not the person I originally reached out to and we chatted. Oh, but like, like the his hiring direct, person? Yeah, the, the hiring person right. who the, the person I reached out to was also in the interview. Like, anyway, so. Like, sometimes I feel weird about, like, nepotism and corruption, totally. but, like... This anyways. time? This is not one of those times. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, so this guy, he calls me, and he's like, hey, Jason, I really like you. You're such a great guy. You work so hard. I know you do really good work, but in the interview, you legit didn't sell yourself. He used the words, Jason, you didn't sell yourself in the interview. Oh, I thought you were going to say he used the word legit. Oh, anyways. Okay. <laughs> He might as well. He's like, Jason. Might as well have. Yeah. Oh, Jason, you didn't sell yourself. It wasn't clear to me that you even wanted this job. And that's why we didn't hire you. I So after that happened, I like was like for two weeks, like depressed, like couldn't sleep. I was having like digestive issues. Like I was so messed up because I, I think sometimes in job interviews, it's like, Oh, I didn't sell myself very well. Like they didn't, I didn't get a chance to like let myself shine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like get the point I wanted to like say, or I didn't have an opportunity, but just, he just straight up, you didn't do it. He He's like, I know who you are and it's not the right fit for us. <laughs> right. Oh. Like it was like this complete, like it felt like this attack, this rejection because the personality quiz and legit it was a tool in the interview he brought out my results and we reviewed them together in the interview we were chatting through what I thought about the certain things and so I'm like oh yeah I think this is a great representation of me and he's like yeah so we don't think that's not what they wanted that you know like culturally again the two white people in this interview hiring me is like Yeah. yeah there's something wrong with your attitude it doesn't really fit in with what we want as like for this role for this role and it's so ambiguous because they can anyone can say that about anything 
but it's it's like how you perform your job shouldn't have to like hinge on your personality it should hinge on like your skills and your experience and like yeah your personality is important because you have to be like easy to work with and stuff but you're literally <laughs> the the star it's like they don't want someone that's yeah easy to work with is that what like bureaucracy is about well i guess they wanted to me to be like a little bit more aggressive and like so um god the the person that they hired yeah wasn't just another person in the organization it was like an external hire so for me having five years experience yeah like the nepotism wasn't even working it wasn't even like for you for onboarding a new person it takes legit like six months to get them like up to speed and so they made the financially for the organization oh my god so they made the cost benefit analysis of like you know what this other guy is still better than jason and i'm like okay so um i'm getting heated i apologize (laughs) i'm sorry if i'm not being coherent but um okay uh kind of separate separate, so in parallel to this um in my role uh we once um so like i said we i was kind of in the more like corporate project management finance side of things um my team, my supervisor hired a consultant once to do this mm. project for us. Um, and uh, I was in charge of like managing and paying out their invoices. Mm. And so I saw how much they were getting paid. Yeah. Um, and their charge out rate was $250 an hour, yep. which is like wild. Crazy. After six months, the boss like fired them of like, you're not really doing what we're expecting. Oh. Um, it's not really like meeting our expectations. And so she's like, Jason, you've been a part of this project. Can you like take on this project instead? Can you do it? And I'm like, oh, sure. And I was like flattered because I'm um, like, like, oh, this is so much responsibility. I get my own project. This is so awesome. Um, This was me like early stages of my career. Yeah. And so for and me watching this, like, like the people that we hired, they had like 30 years of business experience, like they're yeah, charging like, oh, $250 an hour. Like, so she wow. gave it to me um and I like presented it it was this was like two three years later Mm -hmm. um I presented to our general manager and um I I wanted to like outline the levels of bureaucracy in this my organization so if I'm level one I'm assistant project engineer uh the thing that I was gated to getting to was level two which was project engineer Mm -hmm. um then there's senior project engineer then there's lead senior, which is the person who didn't hire me. That's level four. Yeah. Level five is division manager. And so when I was scoping around, I reached out to someone at level five. Yeah. Okay. Being like, hey, like, will you mentor me? Yada, yada, yada. He's like, yeah, absolutely. And then didn't hire me. Wow. Level six is wow. director. Wow. Level seven is general manager. Wow. So I presented my project Top to of the level pyramid. seven general manager. Holy shit. He manages 500 people in this, in this, in our organization. Wow. After I presented um, the results, yeah. um, I got an email personally from the general manager. I pulled it up this morning and he said, uh, Jason, uh, thank you so much for your work. Almost brought tears to me almost brought me to tears this kind of truth to power conversation is so welcome and necessary and even with recommendations fantastic 
he emailed that to me. He CC'd my boss, my boss, and my boss, like their boss. Like right, three right. levels He's, up. He emailed level like three to five or something. So Crazy. That oh happened God. two months after the um so I've been working on that project for two, three years. Yeah. That happened. Um, that was November of 2020. Uh the personality twists interview yes. thing was October of 2020. And so when this general manager, literally the boss of the whole organization, oh, emailed shit. me, I was like legit just so angry yeah. because I'm like, like, don't yeah. fucking lie to my face. Like, um, why would you even compliment me? Like, don't tell me I do good work. It's all just like lip service. Like, yeah. it just feels like, oh, Jason, you do such a good Damage job. People. We love you so much. Damage but like, people, right? Wow. But also, it wasn't fair to the general manager. He doesn't know. Like, yeah. it was this person who he's, like- He's five levels disconnected, right? It's like, how could he know? But the timing is just so bad. And it was just so like, I felt like such like, like I knew I was very well respected in my organization and I was doing things that like no assistant project engineer was capable of doing. People actively told me that like on a weekly basis. Yeah. And yet all of that was just talk. And yet. <laughs> and when it comes down to it, they don't want to hire me. You know, they don't want to see me succeed. They're just like, oh, you do such a good job. And it was so like patronizing. Um, and so I'm like, oh my God. Like, um, so anyways, I, where am I in my notes? Um, so, you know, that was kind of, I was going through my like mental health awakening, which is a future episode, um, my Asian identity awakening and stuff. And I ultimately made this decision of like, engineering is not for me like I can't yeah. be in this work environment I, I get what anymore because because they're putting up all these like barriers there's all these different hoops you have to jump there's so much bureaucracy I'd never worked at that kind of level but again like how do you not just drive your head through the wall you know just to just alleviate some uh some of that pain it's it's like if this is an environment that they don't want you to thrive in and like mm. you're actively, actively trying to fit in and the fit's not fitting, it is hard, but I'm glad you made that choice. That's so, that's so scary because you also said that this is your parents' dream job. <laughs> How did that go down, Jason? Oh my God. Or or did we, is there anything yeah, else? Okay, uh, I'll really quickly wrap oh up. So um, that's crazy. I... It was a few months later, maybe like three or four months after all this happened that I decided I'm going to take a break from engineering. I didn't exactly know what I was going to do, but honestly, it was like, I need to focus on my mental health because I'm legit going insane. Like I'm really depressed. Like my motivation, like I I had no more motivation to do any work anymore because I could just see like all of my efforts just like amount to nothing. Like, yeah, it's, like it's it's like once you, it's one of those things, once you see it, you can't unsee like oh how my patronizing it is, how, totally. you know, your hard work isn't being acknowledged. It's like, and then you start like, you start seeing it more. And then you're like, oh my God, it's everywhere. It's every interaction I have feels like hmm. a personal attack do, sometimes. Do, do you know what a kudo board is? Kudo no. board? It's like a online e-card. So it's like when people leave 
everyone like signs a card. Oh, and, okay, like, yeah. In yeah. the in the office, um, like birthday or like totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And, totally. and so like pre-COVID, you know, a, a card would go around. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I left during COVID, um, they sent around this e-card, mm-hmm. and I made this announcement that I was leaving, and um, I, 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 I do a bad job. I, I'm an unreal unreliable narrator so um I had to go in and count um I counted how many I read it this morning I mm-hmm. reread this card that was sent when I left um 107 people signed it holy shit <laughs> being like Jason we're gonna miss you miss so much you. Oh. like thank you so much for making oh such a big God. contribution to the organization and I'm like I didn't know it was a hundred people who signed this card I back when I quit I'm like oh like this is really nice and it meant a lot but like yeah man like anyways so uh I I think that was kind of again this like testament of like how well connected I was in the organization and um people um well again in my like personality quiz finder this was my greatest success was like building teams and like having a network connecting people and connecting them in like a meaningful way you're not just like connecting with them just because you can get something out of them right like maybe that's a quality that people like to see in certain roles but I'd also rather come out of an open window (laughs) yeah that's wild and it sucks but like sometimes you have to like you know it's like oh it's a canon event like you have to go through it Mm, because unless you go through it yourself it's sometimes like hard to see absolutely yeah and so um I I quit my job uh and I was going through my like awakening spring or whatever everything everything. and I called the person who didn't hire me so that person who like you know said I didn't sell myself after I left I called him and um yeah I just told him like hey uh you know, when you didn't hire me, like it really hurt a lot. And I like was debating myself because I think I was at this point where I'm like, am I taking this too seriously? Like Jason, like people like don't get hired all the time. Like this organization doesn't owe you anything or you like lost, right? Like you didn't compete. And like, I think I felt really, I was like, again, like gaslighting myself of like, maybe I'm like reading too much into this or like, right, I, I don't right. know oh, what it is. Take it so personally. Or like, just keep on moving ahead. Like there's totally. going to be another job opportunity and all this stuff. And, um, but against all that, you called them. <laughs> I called them and I called them out and I'm like, Hey, you know, I felt like, um, I can't help but feel like I didn't get hired because like I was Asian and he wow. was like, no, no, no. Like, um, I'm really greatest, insulted that like that you even fear. think that yeah. <laughs> and he's like do you want to see the rubric like our like job selection criteria and I'm like well I didn't tell him this but like I don't want to see your stupid rubric it's like, like it's not gonna be in the rubric bro like we that's not what we're saying it's like it's those unconscious biases it's I don't know people's preconceived notions of model minority things it's when you're not white is different <laughs> And it's hard to explain that on like a totally oh, yeah. God. So, um, I mean, anyways, maybe I'll take that, a pause did that, here. Did, did you say anything else on that call, or like how did that call even end? That's so ballsy. <laughs> um, 
ramping up to the call I like scripted out everything that I wanted to say and I remember just like while writing the email like just like yelling at my computer (laughs) like I'm just so angry at like what happened and I I think it was like I never allowed myself to feel that anger before like I think I was just so I suppressed it and I was so angry at myself like Mm. honestly for three four months I wasn't angry at him or the organization mm-hmm. or anything. I was just angry at me of like, Jason, why can't you be more confident? Jason, why can't you sell yourself? Jason, if you know you're good at these things, why can't you just talk about your accomplishments? Like, why is that such a big deal? Like, why do you have to like mm-hmm. actively hide them? Um, wow. And so I think that was re- like really hard for me to like confront. Um, yeah. But anyways I'm like oh that makes sense that makes sense I think I have a similar like experience too where I Mm. always it's like starts as a joke but like the more I make this joke the less funny it gets or I always say like oh I wish I could just be motivated by money and like my decision making in life would be a lot easier because I would just Mm. pursue the thing that makes you the most money (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and yeah it, it does kind of come back on or like I feel like it comes back on me I'm like oh like why do I have to have such a stupid annoyingly strong moral compass and like why do I want to make a positive change in the world like god damn it why can't you just be exploitative <laughs> the rest of the girl bosses out there <laughs> yeah oh my, oh my god. god not to say every girl boss is exploitative but for capitalism's sake for wealth accumulation <laughs> kind of need that that's kind of an essential quality unfortunately yeah. <laughs> um it thank you for listening to Crazy. my story i um i'm even sharing it i'm like a little embarrassed i'm like wait what, wait, what, what about it feels embarrassing for you it's like jason like everybody so i i think what you know how we normally break things out into like pre- past current future i think the current state that I'm in is like it is nice like as I like come to share my story more Mm -hmm. like other I've heard so many people share similar stories and it like sort of hurts me of like wow it's like this is just capitalism right like this is just like like this is the culture the work culture that we live in Mm -hmm. um of yeah maybe these people who like don't know how to speak up for themselves or like you know have a loud voice they just get taken advantage of and um so on one half it's like oh I'm glad that I can share my story and other people like can learn from it but another half of it is like Jason like what makes you think you deserve to tell your story like you don't even have it that bad like like other people have gone through much worse like the comparative suffering and it's like you should just sit down and like you should have just worked harder like so one 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 wow. white guy was racist to you like oh my god white guys are racist to everyone all the time like you know what I mean like <laughs> so true it's so true and but so it's, it's like, but yeah. it's like if you don't do it like I don't know I'm always in the on the camp of like if you don't do it mm. why why should anyone else then and then that's how the white people win <laughs> oh my gosh because it's yeah, yeah yeah it's like sure your situation isn't as bad as a, as someone else but mm. sometimes it takes someone having a somewhat bad situation to help someone in a worse situation to realize mm. oh like i'm like dying over here 
but like this dude he's you know he's he's complaining about an engineering job and it's like that's not even a job that's like i can comprehend but if he's having a hard time like it's okay for Mm. me to have a hard time too yeah yeah so sometimes that comparative suffering is a little bit helpful (laughs) in that sense Uh. um and it is like really hard to talk about just because Mm your job and your career it's kind of like our only defining characteristic at this you know in this Mm. like time late stage capitalism yeah late stage (laughs) capitalism like we don't really have anything else going for us just Mm. like as a society like if you're not proud of your job and how you make money it's like no one really cares about anything else anyway so it makes a lot of sense like why it feels so personal and it hits so close mm. to home like I literally feel like emotional wounds like, mm. because of what I've been through at work or like the feedbacks and criticisms I've gotten and I'm like oh my like I had the same thought I'm like oh like people go through this all the time but it still hurts my feelings <laughs> and I'm still mad about some stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> um do you um so i think this is kind of like you know large trauma to to share it's a big one that still like triggers me in many ways and it keeps on unfolding okay hold Um, on wait i want to hear i love i love talking about work triggers because i'm constantly like everything about like employment (laughs) kind of scares me um because after after an experience like that And you also mentioned, I think this was the kind of main job you had after you graduated, right? Mm. You never moved around. Very loyal. Yeah, loyal, loyal little bean. Um, It's like, I guess after you left and, you know, you weren't sure what you were going to do yet. Like, weren't you scared to go into another engineering job or engineering firm or organization? And like, did you ever think like, you know, oh, this is just going to happen again? Well, I think that was sort of why I needed to take a break and like I needed to like reorient myself of um because the what the process showed me was Jason, it's not that you're not smart enough, it's not that you don't work hard enough. It's not like it's not that you lack the skills or whatever the thing. Yeah. It's you lack some like it's who you are as a person. It totally. Right. It's some like personality quirk, <laughs> some weakness. <laughs> Right. Um, I had another podcast project um, prior to this one and even like four podcast projects ago. Yeah, of course. <laughs> where um, I was interviewing retired people. And um, it happened because uh, I had a friend at my engineering organization retire. And we he was this older guy and we used to go for lunch and he retired during COVID. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you retired. And so I was kind of mad at him. So I like reached out to him to him like, hey, like what the heck? You didn't let me know you retired. And so we chatted and then I kind of like, I wanted to like interview him and like hear about what he had to say and yeah. and stuff. And so uh, I went through that and then they kind of created the seed of like, oh, I want to interview more um, retired people. And yeah. I reached out to this one guy who he was, um, okay, so I talked about level one through level seven. He was a level five. Oh. So he was like pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, and he was like one of the only um, Asian guys in the late leadership team. Mm. And I really looked up to him. Do you know why? Because he was so nice 
and accommodating and soft-spoken. Like he was just like very um, collaborative as a leader. And I'm like, yo, I look up to you and your leadership style. And I interviewed him. And through that process, he's like, Jason, I went through so many struggles. Like I shot myself in the foot in so many interviews. I didn't get this. Like, he's like, I felt like I got this position like late in life. Like maybe I should have gotten it like a lot sooner. Like I was ready, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't like advocate for myself in that way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it, like the the stories totally like they just keep on repeating themselves and like in the same way that it happened to my mom and my dad it was happening to this guy and like I knew because I looked up to him and I wanted to be in his position um but I what I needed to learn wasn't like you know it was a different type of skill that I wasn't like like this ability to like advocate for myself or like have boundaries or like honestly um, I think what it came from is like having like self-worth mm. because so much of my self-worth was like being of service to other people and like, no, 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 like, let me help you. Yeah, um, yeah people-pleasing tendency. Totally. And it's very easy to just like, like when you're so insecure and like your job offers mm-hmm. you like emotional security and saying like, Jason, you're so useful. Jason, you're so great. Jason, we love having you on our team. Like when all your self-esteem like comes from that and then suddenly they're like, snip it off, (laughs) pop it off from the source. It's like, of course, you're just going to spiral into thinking like, if I can't do this, what else am I good for? Kind of vibe. Totally. Oh, but then that's so hard when it's attached to literally like, oh, Jason, as long as you change everything about (laughs) yourself, then you can have this position. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Joyce, do you have a story to share that's similar? That's like God, kind of how you're like self. Just, it just hurts me so much. I think like we'll do my story a different day because okay. I okay. think I think Part like that. Yeah, like I've never worked on such like a big organization, like a big team. I've never really had like a very stable job, I guess, mm. or like traditional job in that sense. So even I feel like I'm learning a lot just from, you know, it's not, I've always thought like, oh, um, if I just get like a big organization job, a big like corporate experience where you're just a number and like, you know, there's like 500 other people around you, then maybe that's, maybe that's the key. But turns out, yeah, definitely every path like has its challenges, but Mm. I'm really glad that you like found your way. Okay. Okay. If yeah. we're going to have work episode part two, um, well, that'll be the Joyce episode. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you yep. for creating space for me. Yeah, I everyone buckle that. up. <laughs> We've been alluding to it, but like spoiler alert, like I left engineering and I'm now going into like counseling. And you and never, you, and did you ever try, did you ever try engineering like after that? Honestly, yeah. I was wow. like, I'm You're, like, hey, you can say you're retired too. No, i yeah. <laughs> you are also a retired engineer. You feel like you're like a war vet. <laughs> well, I think, um, uh, like, in so this is kind of the point that I wanted to like summarize this transition with is like, mm-hmm. as an engineer, I was like over fixating on my weaknesses of mm. like in that like personality quiz it's like oh jason you're not very decisive you know you like let people push you around blah 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 and these are like 
weaknesses and why I'm not advancing in my engineering degree. But I think what I found in kind of my like journey of self-discovery of like, oh, but like my strengths, I can lean into them as a counselor. And like my strength, literally it's my job to build, uh, build relationships, be curious, be humble. I've done like, do you remember what this test is called? I feel like I've done it and we have probably have similar results. (laughs) Okay. I'll send you the PDF. Okay. But mine is like, you know, it worked out for me because I had kind of a community building Mm. like, um, position, but instead of just thinking about how to raise, like strengthen your weaknesses, Mm. it is like a good feeling to just further enhance, like be even stronger like in your strength too mm, another low pre- one of another one of my gaps yeah uh, something that i struggle with uh, yes. is legit this category is called profitability shut the i scored 25 percent, and um it says i am not obsessively driven by financial profitability as the single judgment of performance or value to business for you profit represents more the consequence of a work well done than the prime objective. Oh my God. I have simple tastes and I place little importance on expensive material possessions and the acquisition of wealth has little intrinsic capacity to motivate me. And this is one of my weaknesses. According and that's to a weakness, test. obviously. That's one of my gaps. That's so crazy. <laughs> Isn't that legit fucked? <laughs> that's so crazy. Oh my God. I really want to meet someone where that is like, actually that's not, I've probably met lots of people. <laughs> You don't. You don't. scoring a lot higher um wow uh, yeah so um here we are i have simple taste joyce and like you know in the eyes of my dad my dad thinks that's a great quality about me <laughs> i think this goes back to our money episode right me yeah. <laughs> saving on like hummus we and- can't like we can't try to push for something like fancy. It's just like not in us. Mm. And like, yeah, like instead of trying to fit that mold of like what they think is a successful candidate. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that was a great case of like, well, maybe trying to fit in like isn't just just isn't for me, right? Because mm. maybe if you're trying to like you know, really push yourself and really like put a lot of effort into changing who you are to fit into something. Totally. Maybe you're like not meant to be that thing if it's yeah. so hard for us to change, right? Th- mm. That was the exact point that I, I wrote down is like, yeah. I think as an engineer, I was like trying really hard to like prove something to someone. Like I was like, no, let me impress you. Like, let me demonstrate like how these strengths are actually strengths and like why, you know, why you should value community building in yeah, this yeah. engineering like, organization. Trying to, it takes more effort to convince them or to change their mind than it is to like, you know, leave. <laughs> and wow. so I think that's, I, I think my past version of myself and the work that I was trying to do was like this very like change the world mentality, totally. like this very millennial, like, yeah. let me prove it to you. Like yeah. I have this like almost kind of naive. And optimism. you were in like a government kind of <laughs> kind of setting. That is not how things fly. I've heard in the public sector. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're not a big fan of change. No. Um, And that's okay. 
you know that's okay that's, that's okay that's okay for them. um but it's also okay for us to like decide to leave yeah um did your parents say anything <laughs> did you hide it from them because after i, I got lied fired to from, them yeah i lied to my parents too after i got fired yeah for i like told them oh i'm thinking of taking a break but um i uh and for and they're like oh what does that mean i'm like oh maybe i'll just not work for a year um but i can go like i can go back um because like i have all these networks and connections and my boss was like don't leave like right. when i tried to leave she legit was like jason don't leave like she's what like can i offer the door. she's like <laughs> she's like what can i offer you to make you stay wow. uh and i'm just like I, she and she offered she gave me this really good i won't go into the details of it but like yeah i'm like i'm flattered like thank you so much totally but like i just have to do this thing like wow. this like j- journey that i went on it's just like it's like this personal like I have to and yeah so I'm it's gonna like, regret so much if I don't do it so true right yeah you never really like when we're thinking about like sunk cost fallacy we're like oh like I spent so much time at this organization I sunk so many years I worked so hard for them but then it's like what about the cost of like not doing something mm, too it's like totally. you know that's that's wild too so I guess your lie to your parents you know did it like do they still think you're going to go back to engineering jason i think they're good now they're good now now that i have like this like concrete path and like i am making money like Woo-hoo. having clients and let's go so they i like i had i built a spreadsheet and i showed it to my dad to be like here's my financial stability plan um and he's like okay um i think they do like they know that what i'm doing now makes me really happy and yeah. it's like really rewarding and, and i i hope they also know like don't need to see your personality test pdf but i hope that they also know like the work you're doing is a lot it's so meaningful now mm. um it's not just to like impress some white guy on level six whenever i think about my parents thinking mm. about my like career path it stresses me out to think about them thinking about mm. it because i don't want them to like worry about me like okay other than work like what else do i have going for me and it's like i have a lot of stuff going for me if that's not something someone can recognize like that's kind of sad at least with my parents they're in a place where they're like oh but she's like happy and like seeing her mm. friends and I like invite my friends over to like play mahjong with my dad and me um even though I've never had this like concrete path or like the way I describe it it's like having a clean narrative you know mm. when the narrative is clean it's easy to tell the story it's easy yeah, to follow and totally. like you know how it's gonna end mm. but when it's messy like ma <laughs> you kind of have this like like wobbly feeling you're like yeah oh like how's this how's this shit show gonna <laughs> mm. yeah gonna conclude well sort of on that point about like mm well it's backing up a few steps but this idea of like impressing like the level seven white guy um at a certain point like i did it like i did impress the level seven white guy and what did it get me like nothing he sent me an email he thanked me he's like jason thank you so much for this still woke up the next day you know what i mean like my life didn't meaningfully change and i think i also knew that because 
um, there's this parallel universe. There's some multiverse out there where Jason did get that job. You wow. know, like he did get the promotion. Mm-hmm. He did got he he got more money and all the stuff that went along with it. I knew because the organization was so hierarchical. I knew every like what I would be doing every day in my job for the next 30 years. Right? Yeah. I could see it, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I'm going to yeah. do this and I'm going to get promoted and then this is going to happen and then wow. this is going to happen. And I saw all of that. It's government organization. So all their um, salaries Salary. are public. Yes. I knew how much they were making. Wow. And coming back to my little, uh, uh, my little personality test weakness is... Uh, Profitability. <laughs> Having simple tastes, I place little importance on expensive material possessions. Yeah. So I looked at all the stuff that I could buy with all that money, and I'm like, <laughs> it's not worth it, right? Like, it's just... Yeah. It's like, and for what? So I can go back to my apartment where every piece of furniture I have is like a hand-me-down? Yeah, <laughs> and I like, don't turn on the heat because <laughs> I'm not willing to. So I can ride my bike all over Vancouver so I don't have to pay $3 for the bus? Oh my god! So I think that's, you know, it was that realization of that's what I need to fix. You know, mm. I need Joyce to exposure therapy, buy me uh, a soap dispenser from Muji. Like, that's <laughs> the real new. thing that I need to learn, not the, like, yeah, you don't need to money. you don't need to learn how to be a better engineer or something. It's like yeah. again, it's your self-worth, your self-esteem totally. only came from work. Um, I can't even imagine what your social life was looking like <laughs> at that point. Um, because I do find that whenever I'm having these like kind of work-related crises, mm. like they're kind of they're very isolating. And I yeah. think they're maybe not intentionally isolating, but like it helps corporations a lot when people are isolated from totally. their social networks and the social networks that aren't trying to make money off like my friends don't need to make money off <laughs> you know um so when I'm not seeing my friends and I'm miserable and I'm mm. like I don't have anything else going on for me outside of work mm. I'm gonna sink all my time into work mm. the company is gonna make more money and mm. they're gonna be so happy and like literally us being unhappy is just like another level of worker exploitation right it's like yeah they want us to be alone and sad Mm. and have no value in our lives outside of like our economic output Mm. Mm. ah so Uh. see your friends call your friends see your friends call your friends that's that's why we do this podcast jason so we keep each other (laughs) (laughs) um i want to read um this is a poem that um so at my organization um there i keep on trashing on it there's a lot of really cool people there and again here here's my like i got so much of like my uh network and my coworkers, um and one of them they hosted this like meditation club every friday and we we'd go we'd go into a boardroom and like (laughs) meditate that's some shit i would do too oh my gosh so um the person who facilitates it she also has like a reading each each week and so this was uh a poem that she read once in front of um at at this like work meditation club so it's called clearing by martha postlewaite um and here it goes uh do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose instead Create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world 
so worth a rescue. Wow. Shout out to the Friday Meditation Summit. <laughs> Yo, shout out. I miss them so much. Oh, totally. Um, but wow. I think that quote or this poem really mm-hmm. sort of um, kind of like juxtaposes sort of my past engineering life. Of, yeah. yeah, I was trying to do some like big save the whole world grandiose thing yeah. of like, no, I'm going to change everybody's mind about like yeah, I'm how gonna to lead them differently. Wrong. Totally. Um, where I'm at this point now where it's like, you know, this is what I do. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not going to save everyone. <laughs> I can't change these huge systems. Right. Um, um, and I'm just going to support the ones who like, you know, are looking for the support or maybe who have yeah. like lived similar experiences to me, whether it's like the Asian stuff or the BFRB mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like those are the people that I want to support. And like, that's what like gives me so much life mm. to support them. Yeah, it's kind of um, like your lens is like it was really really wide because you're like this is everything I can fix. Yeah. Um, and then you know you're kind of like zooming into the parts where we actually can make a difference and like mm. you know actively do make a difference. Like, you know, I think whenever I was in like that kind of corporate setting, it feels like everything. I'd say in therapy always ties back to like, I feel like I have a loss of control and I like to control stuff. So yeah, whenever I'm feeling like, oh, I'm losing control against late stage capitalism, oh my it does feel good to like have that clearing, like the yeah. poem says. It's like you have your clearing, you have your space. And in that space, that's where, you know, that's where things can change. Mm. You know, it's like, I I can't fix and like don't get me started on like my friends who are in those careers my friends who are in really challenging careers where Mm. like the return to work mandate is like so crazy it's like Mm. I'm not gonna change any of that Mm. but I could send them a little haha meme you know in the middle of the work day (laughs) while we all know we're all like dissociating (laughs) at our desks together like when I went back to visit my family just last mm. week mm. um my mom was giving me one of her infamous car driving ted talks where mm. she just kind of like she should have her own podcast Yo. and the podcast is just called driving to scarborough <laughs> <laughs> because she has to drive it's like you know it's like a one hour hour and a half drive for my mm. mom to go see her parents and like our extended family in scarborough in ontario mm. My favorite one from this time is she was telling Mm. me how happy she is that work doesn't have to just look one certain way anymore. Mm. And I was like, wow, mom, tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more so you stay awake and don't crash this car into the guy in front of us. Um, But also like, oh, that's so interesting because my mom also had like two major jobs. So my Mm. dad had one job my whole life. My mom had two so that was great feeding into my narrative of like what work can look like. Um, but she was just saying that, you know, not everyone has to like work nine to five or like mm. nine to five isn't necessarily the best option for anybody. But like mm. back then, it really was the only, only option. Yeah. 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 So she was just kind of taking in like, oh, you know, it's nice that things have changed and that people ultimately have more choice mm. now. Like, I mm. think I'm really lucky that I have so many choices that sometimes I'm like paralyzed by how many choices I have 
Um, but then I'm like, oh, it's like insecure. I was feeling like insecure about not having a clear path, mm. but I was burdened with this like privilege of mm. you could do anything you want. I I read this thing once where um, every job that people have now mm-hmm. like didn't exist 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Like for most people, there are some jobs that are like, okay, you know, it's like yeah. kind of the same for thousands totally. of years. But like everybody who works on a computer or some sort of thing yeah just like that job didn't exist 10 years ago mm-hmm. and what this article said was like um your dream job doesn't exist yet you oh, know like wow. you will you don't get even into know. it and you will yeah. build it and you like advocate for like oh i want my job to be like 20 percent this 30 percent that 50 percent this and like like you read a job description and you're like, oh my gosh, this job description sounds perfect. But like that job description was just like blindly written. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, they're only writing it based on what they already know, not necessarily mm. based on like what's in the future or like yeah. what's possible mm. for the future. Cause I do find that like, whenever I was applying for jobs in the past, I always felt so stupid mm. reading job descriptions like I straight up felt like I wasn't reading it in English. I was like, it's like simplish or something. And I'm like, man, like, why is this so hard for me? Mm. Then I realized nobody really knows how to read job description because no. they don't make any sense. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think like something I was talking about recently is how majority of people don't mm. have that clean cut narrative to follow. Mm -hmm. um but then you know if you don't have a clean-cut narrative it's less marketable it's like less sexy you can't like make a netflix special about it um and you're and kind of your like early stage events don't really Mm. matter unless they amount to something like amazing right so like my you know part-time job working at subway nobody cares about it unless i go on to open some like incredible sandwich like <laughs> franchise or something that's the only time it's like really relevant mm. um so i think like yeah if anyone is listening and feels like oh or nor <laughs> you know yeah. i wish things were more clear or easier or like mm-hmm. why are things so hard for us it's like i think it's hard for everybody like, i i think uh, so much of my journey was like I needed to figure out how to do this myself. And like, yeah, I didn't know how to ask for help. And um, I wasn't like sharing notes with others um, Mm. about like, how do I even prepare for a job interview? Or is this fair? Mm. Or like, should I negotiate and all that stuff? And it wasn't until I started talking to people about it and like kind of admitting, oh, hey, I'm bad at this. Yeah, Um, no one wants to be the first one to say it either. Yeah. So I always think I'm like, I'm like the fall guy. I'm like, I'll be the one to say, Mm. you know, I got fired or like I made mistakes at work or like Mm. I hate working sometimes (laughs) Um, because sometimes, yeah, people just need to hear it from somebody else in order to Mm. feel like, oh, it's safe for me. I heard this someone describe once on a different podcast talking about like nothing motivates them more than watching mediocre people succeed but I think there is sort of like a double-edged of nature to that because yeah. I feel like I took that and I saw like my classmates, classmates getting promoted, like people I graduated the same year with them advancing them, like getting the professional engineering thing. 
I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I certainly don't feel like I'm, I don't know. I didn't think I was better than them. But to feel like I'm that much worse, I'm like, I don't think yeah. I'm worse than them. Don't you want your employees to be more qualified to and succeed? More <sighs> Maybe not. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just the uh, guy with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Original supervisor. She she was the one who like when I quit, she's like, oh, Jason, like, what can I offer you to like stay? Like, what can we make you to stay? You're, she she said she did the sunk cost fallacy. You're so close to getting your professional designation. Like it would be a shame to like lose it now. And I'm like, I'm leaving. Um, I, we actually share the same birthday. So every year, uh, I like message her. She messages me. We went for lunch. Um, one birthday, you know, I kind of just started talking to her about like why I had to leave. And she said, she's like, Oh, Jason, like, yeah, after you left, like, um, she's like, uh, she's like, I was really sad. And like, um, she's like, I felt like, like us, like the organization failed you because, um, you know, we, you know, like you had so much potential or whatever, yeah. but like, I don't know, just hearing that was really like, kind of like validated my experience really? a little bit. Um, so it was nice to kind of hear that point. And then mm-hmm. another thing is, so the interview with the personality test, that was October of 2020. Mm. Uh, I left the organization may of 2021 Mm -hmm. or well like march of 2021 i phoned the guy um and called him out uh maybe in june 2021 and then in july of 2022 the same guy he calls me one year later whoa being like hi jason how's it going and i'm like oh good he still had my phone number yeah. um he's like i just wanted to call to say that we have this uh p- position opening up in our team that's so crazy. um if you wanted to apply um i just want to tell you a little bit about it i think you'd be a really good fit headhunted <sighs> wow and um you know and i told him like hey like i really appreciate that i'm like I've kind of shifted journeys. I'm like, mm-hmm. not, so I'm like, I, you know, I, I appreciate you letting me know, but I'm not interested. And then he's like, oh, okay, like, totally fair. Really happy that you found something that you're really passionate about. And like, and he said, like, kind of like, you know, we didn't really, you know, I kind of know we didn't leave on the best foot. And like, he's oh. like, I, I feel guilty about what happened and just like I just wanted to say that and um you know I I told him like hey I appreciate that I appreciate you calling me and like phoning me and all that and um yeah anyway so it wasn't like that long of a phone call but um, yeah but that's it's like you're just having a regular day and then this like blast from the past just like jumps out at you I don't know what the what the hell I would do if my old boss yeah um so you know it's pretty wild and like what a what a journey your engineering career came as fast as it went (laughs) (laughs) but it is like you know it is nice to hear that kind of you know tied up in a bow I know not every story even you said this to me you were like Joyce you don't have to find a positive spin like for everything because that's (laughs) I think something you do which I think is like that's so valid but if a positive spin comes along yeah that's pretty that's pretty sweet i i think i knew like the first time i called him when i was like 
drafting the email yeah. and like, you were like yelling, yelling at the computer. And, yeah. I like was so like, I was, I felt like I was on a warpath. Like I'm going to burn this bridge. I have all into, like, I know what I'm, like, I'm never coming back to this. <laughs> like shit. I was so prepared to just be like, I, I think just a lifetime, not even in work, but just a lifetime of like kind of, discounting my own needs letting other people walk over it's, me it's like, like boiled up to this moment of that one phone call totally wow. like being sort of just this doormat my whole oh, life and yeah. like being like no i'm not gonna take it anymore screw this model minority bullshit yeah, i'm it's just like, gonna like tell this guy you're gonna, you started swinging to like the closest target and he just was in the he would just happen to be there so like the balls on you to call him and then the <laughs> balls on him to call you a year later oh my god <laughs> obviously it's like a much more complex nuanced situation the reason he didn't hire me wasn't because i'm asian of yeah. course i know that but like yeah. it's like it wasn't also it's not not because i'm asian you know yeah. what i mean i feel like yeah. the traits that come with being a model minority and keeping yeah. your head down and letting your work speak for itself and it's just mm -hmm. like all of that stuff that I internalized of, oh, that's what a good Asian person does. Yeah. For that that's to like how, blow up that's in my how face. Asian people gain the favor totally. of white people. Yeah. And that's just how it always has been. It's like, what else? Why else would we do anything differently? Right. Yeah. And me sharing with him and him calling me back, I guess I just really appreciated how I think he was like reflecting on what happened and, um, I feel like just kind of like honoring my own experience mm. a lot. Yeah, I think kind of what that poem talks about. of just like, don't try to save the whole world. Make this clearing. Yeah, like I'm not for everyone and I'm not going to make this big change. Mm -hmm. um, but the people that like are out there who are struggling and like, I don't know, maybe like don't know how to have a language to kind of yeah explore these topics. Like, again, like going into counseling and as a vegan therapist like that's yeah. like what the job is about it's literally sort of. the job and I feel like you're almost like micro dosing on rejection too so you know you're used to the idea of people not rebooking with you of ghosting you for consult calls you're getting used to like that experience and it doesn't like numb you it just makes you more kind of it makes you more understanding of like mm. like I'm not going to be that person like for everybody mm. a therapist. It's like the most personal experience you could literally have almost. Yeah. Um, well, well, I think even like in telling kind of the story that I've been sharing about over the last like hour now is I think some people like I would share the story and like they almost wouldn't get it. Right. I think they would like continue the like gaslighting of like, oh, I don't see what the big deal is or like that guy probably didn't mean it like that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I think some people read the story and like they take the side of the white guy. Yeah, of, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and that's fair, you know. And I again, I like don't necessarily fault them and like that's their experience or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like both can exist. Both are exactly. true. One one story doesn't like cancel out the others totally. like magically, and it's important for people to hear stories that resonate with them, especially. Mm when you're kind of in a vulnerable situation like that, mm. where you're employed, not just employment, but your like sense of self was being challenged so explicitly. Like you walk into a room and they're like, 
actually, we like you more if you change everything about you. <laughs> if you're everything you're not, then we like you more, actually. Yeah. Like, to have that experience, like, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people would come out of, come out of it, like, totally unscathed. Like, there's mm. just no way. Right. There's no way. And, like, like you said, that model minority mindset. Mm-hmm it's it's a very effective defense mechanism <laughs> that's the nicest way i can you describe it it's very effective in yeah. feeling safe in like a predominantly white like environment mm-hmm. so makes sense why we makes would just sense. copy it all the time right oh my goodness yeah what the heck what the heck oh okay joyce yeah um I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like you just ran a marathon. Um, well, thank you for sharing that experience, Jason. I think, you know, it's it's one that's important because, again, if you're not, like, the first person to say it, like, no one will do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Um, everyone out there, also, <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, do we have a... Uh, call to action um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hesitant the call uh, <laughs> it's like if you want a trauma dump on us yeah. tell us about a fun personality test oh you've my taken god once and yeah, what tell, it what it how it resonated with tell you. us about your least traumatizing work experience <laughs> <laughs> like, um, there's gotta be some so we can kind of balance out the narrative <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah I don't know. Yeah. One snippet of a um, maybe a job interview or like a, a personality test that like kind of like, oh, I didn't realize this about myself. Or Revealed whatever. things about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's an OK one. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thank and you, we'll everyone. See you in the next episode. OK. Bye. bye.